It is Wednesday night, and that means it's time for another episode of the Kicking Out Podcast. Two-man crew tonight uh, as Tanner is off taking care of his wife. Shep, we both kind of know how that goes. They're newlyweds. Yes. I'm just saying they're newlyweds. You guys can read between the lines. (laughs) All right, well. Uh, best of luck to Tanner as he handles his business, we'll call that. Or is he just out talking to Uncle Vinny? They're newlyweds, I mean. <laughs> I, I mean. <sighs> All right, Shep. So it's been, <laughs> it's been an absolutely crazy night and week, especially for you. You've done some big stuff over the last week, so I kind of bet I know the answer to this. But Shep... What are we drinking tonight? Look, the last five days, I don't know what's his upside, up, down, left, right. Um, as you can see, I'm coming from a new location tonight. It's echoing mm-hmm. here, which I'll fix that. I'll have to get a mic like you guys. I don't have a small room like I had before, uh, but yep. I moved. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I don't. I have to half my stuff still in boxes. I don't. I found my laptop. Yay, that's a plus. I found my, t- found my TV behind me. As you can see, I'm too lazy to hang it up on the. The there you go. Where's the name thing at? There. I'm I'm too lazy to hang it up on the on the thing. But uh, uh, we got a little NBA going tonight, which I hate the NBA, but that's a whole other story. Um. <laughs> yeah. So I. It's been a, it's been a, the last five days have been completely crazy for me. So, but hey, I'm here. I watched Dynamite tonight and I'm pretty opinionated on what's going to happen tonight or what happened tonight and what's going to happen Saturday night. I'm pretty opinionated. All right. Well, if that's the case, then Shep will just dive right into it and we'll start with uh, coverage from tonight's Dynamite uh, in Philly. Let's do it. All right. Uh, we start off backstage with a interview with Renee as she's talking to MJF uh, about the Bullet Club Gold problem. Uh, MJF is then interrupted by your favorite individual, maybe, I don't know, Roddy Strong. Says he's willing to help MJF out with his Bullet, gl- g- Bullet Club Gold problem. MJF rolls him away and then says he is coming to deal with his Jay White problem and he has a bullet with Juice Robinson's name on it. But then the camera switches to the mystery devil mask, which simply nods along. And then we start dynamite with the the um, MJF Juice Robinson match for the dynamite diamond ring. This was a pretty good match back and forth. Towards the end, the guns end up distracting the official, which allows Robinson to try to use his ring. MJF clocks him with the real Dynamite Diamond ring and then hits the Heat Seeker to retain the Dynamite Diamond ring for the fifth year in a row. I love that they kept the streak going. I do like that. Um, Match was okay. I don't know if these guys have the greatest chemistry together. Um, it was okay. I figured the guns were going to get involved. So 
you know, we all, we all can, we all can do uh, kind of see between the lines there. Um, I I felt like the most exciting part of this match was at the end when um, Matt Taven, annoying ass, strong, and uh, whatever the other guy's Yeah, the, uh, what are they called? The kingdom, right? Yep. Yeah, the kingdom comes down to, to save him. Um, they get their ass kicked. And then... No shocker there. Yeah, no shocker there. Roger Strong didn't get out of the wheelchair. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then... And the, the acclaim hit the, the ring. The acclaim then comes down to help and, and clears the ring. Um, and then I'll let you uh, I'll let you read the rest because I'm getting ahead of ourselves. All right. Uh, no, you're about right where uh, I'm going to pick up from. As they get back to the top of the uh, ramp, Bullet Club Gold grabs microphones, the guns challenge for the ROH World Tag Team titles at Full Gear. MJF agrees, and he says also next week it'll be an eight-man tag match as he accepts their challenge, and he will get Triple B back. Roderick Strong then, Max! Max! Says, obviously, you'll pick us. MJF tells him to roll off a cliff. Uh, What was it? It was Roderick, Simp, Strong. What do you call the other two? Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Bland was mentioned several times. I know that much. Um, But uh, Max Caster then says that means he will pick the acclaimed. MJF says he wouldn't tag with them even if his body was on fire and tagging with them was the only way to put it out. Caster says, oh, so you mean there's still a chance? (laughs) And he says, before you leave Philly tonight, scissor me. MJF just shuts the scissors, heads up the ramp, where Kenny Omega's music hits and says he wants to make it clear because he's got a lot going on. He wants a shot at the AEW World Championship. MJF says they can do it this Saturday night at Collision. That's a pretty big match out of nowhere. Yes. Well, but it's been alluded to on BTE and then last week on Dynamite as well. Yes, with with the streak. The streak, which I feel like Omega's gonna give him the rub. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. MJF's not dropping this title before full gear, at least. I don't think he's gonna drop it at full gear either, and I'm not giving away my predictions or anything there, but no, it's uh now if we have watched the social media keyboard warriors over the last couple weeks. They've been harping on AEW and their attendance. Mm-hmm. I saw yesterday, maybe, maybe it was this morning. Anyways, earlier that they made an announcement, tickets still available for collision, great seats available. So I feel ticket sales might not be the best. And they thought if they threw this out here tonight, they got, uh, uh, tonight, Thursday, and Friday to sell some tickets. Which, not a bad play. Not a bad play at all. Mm-hmm. I, don't, 
I don't I don't harp on him for it. No. Um, now I would like a in the in the perfect world. I yeah. would love a couple month build up to this match because I think Omega and MJF on the mic back and forth could do awesome, awesome things. Um, I also think that it'll be Omega in the elite, Omega in the Bucks, I should say, the elite will be his other uh, three partners in the eight-man tag. Yeah, and you can set that up because um, they Kenny can't beat him but respects the hell out of him and says, you know, hey, look, you did a good job. Let us help you out. Yeah. So. so yeah, I. But see, here's here's back to the the social media war, the keyboard warriors. I saw a post kind of in reaction to everybody talking about the ticket sales and the attendance between the two companies. And I really liked it because it said, look, I rather be at 50% capacity with a super hot crowd than sold out with a dead crowd. I agree with that. Yeah. It's not, yeah. A, it's not a bad statement. No, not at all. I'll take 50% capacity, but they're screaming at the top of their lungs versus sold out and boo. Yay. Uh, or piped in booze. Oh, sorry. We're not talking about that yet. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the pipe tin booze were over the top Monday night. I think I texted you and Tanner about that. Yeah, I wasn't watching, but I almost tuned in just for that. But then I saw uh, Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful Select say how bad it was that they were piped in and how over the top it was. And well, I went, yep, nope, not tuning in. I watched it live and it was loud. It was, it was definitely loud, but half the crowd was still sitting down. Mm. If you're going to get that loud, you need the whole, you need everybody on their feet. So yep, kind of made it obvious on Monday night, but whatever. Yep. All right. Up next, we get what I did not want to see happen was a video package of Wardlow explaining he had to watch MJF become the name of the company, see the man he beat, main event, the biggest show in the history of the business, and that changes the man. He says he has felt the devil's claws dig deeper into his back, and now MJF has nothing to take from him, so he will take everything from him. I did not want a video package from Wardlow. So, I did not want Wardlow on the mic. So this... This was my big point coming out of the show tonight, and I'm going to start it early. Okay. MGF has a feud, okay, has a storyline going on with Easy Paul. Let me talk. Come on. <laughs> with the gun club, okay, bullet club, gun club, whatever the hell you call them, okay. Samoa Joe. Kenny Omega and Warlow. Okay. You got your world champion. Oh, 
and I guess you can kind of throw the kingdom in there because of the Adam Cole stuff. So you have your world champion going in five different directions right now. Hey, he's good. Mm-hmm. He's good. And he could speak to all of them. But it, it, is it a little too much? Well, I don't know, because I was sitting there uh, talking about this tonight. And it excites me because, I mean, you kind of know the outcome of the majority of this stuff already. But there's still those pieces that you're like, well, maybe you never know. It's Tony Khan. But I can't recall the last time, unless you want to count Stone Cold Steve Austin taking on the entire McMahon family, that one individual had so many different intertwining storylines that all made sense. Uh. I mean, each... Each one of these now, the Kenny thing is going to be over very quickly. Um, the Wardlow thing, we can draw out to full gear, have him interrupt the match somehow, and that's how those two get back on that path together. Joe, kind of the same thing. It's going to be over pretty quickly. But, I mean, yeah, they're, they're small stories, but I'm excited for this because right now, Pretty much anywhere else you get a champion. They've got one opponent. That's who they're in the storyline with. That's who they're doing everything with. Just one person. It's, it's, it's different. It's definitely different. And at first looking at it, I'd be like, this sucks. Like You, you got to focus on one storyline. I love building storylines. I think I've talked about that before on this, on this podcast. Maybe but, a little bit. Yeah, but... If there's one guy in professional wrestling that can pull it off, it might be MJF. And I'm not being a Mark. I'm not being a no. AEW Homer. Okay. Nope. I'm just looking at the big picture. The guy can go in many directions. He can talk in many directions. And maybe 47 cups a day coffee, Tony Khan has a hell of an idea here and can pull it off. So at first, once we had the warload thing, we had the bullet club thing, we had the Omega thing. We already know what's going on um, with. Now uh, what? I, Joe. Yeah. We already know what's going on with Joe. So, you know, at first I'm like, this is just way too much. He's being pulled in eight different directions. But I'm like, if any guy could talk his way through this, it's MJF. So. Yeah. And that's that's my thought process on this exactly because um uh, not dogging on the guy. All right. I'm not being a hater here, but Roman couldn't do this. Well, it was Roman hard to did. keep up with the bloodline stories when you had five people against five other people. Yeah, but Ro- Roman 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 can't do it. You're right. Roman could do it with Paul. Yes. But when you include all the other bloodline stuff in it, 
it just blurs it out. Um, exactly. MGF is doing this without a Paul Heyman. Exactly. He's is, got no mouthpiece at all. Which is which again, why would why would you put a uh, mouthpiece mouthpiece with MJF because he doesn't need it, obviously. Not so, at all. Um yeah. It's it's different. We haven't seen it in a while, like you said. But if anybody can pull it off, it's caffeinated Tony Khan and MJF. Yep. Yep. Like, I mean, even looking at other members of the AEW roster, Mox might be able to pull it off. Danielson might be able to pull it off. Look, I love Mox. I love Mox to death. No, he couldn't do it. There, and the only okay. reason I'm saying he could is, he could pull off five storylines as long as he didn't talk in any of it, except maybe one. Uh, okay, okay, yeah, it's 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 his on mic work, his backstage promos or vignettes as they call them, is just and nothing against Mox. I, I love Mox. I think he think it's great, but. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I you've really almost think, read his entire book. Um, I'm close. I'm almost done. <laughs> I, I got. I have a flight. Uh, when's my next flight? <laughs> I read them on, on planes. Um, I'm flying somewhere in December, I think. Anyways, so you'll be done by December. Yeah, or uh, January. I, I just think right now, MJF is. Ew. Hey, let's throw let's throw this. Uh, the backstage devil guy as a storyline yeah. as well. We, we, yeah, it might be him, it might not be him, but he's involved either way. He's involved because it's his mask. Yeah. So, Remember, Adam said he'd call him back later and they never called back. And, and yeah, and, and, uh, Meltzer said that the guy literally had two ankle surgeries in the past week. So I, I, I don't know to believe that. I don't know if I don't know. Look, you, you don't have to be standing when you're in a black room. I have a I you you want to know my uh left field prediction of who's under the mask? Ziggler? No. <laughs> Much smaller. Ryan Nemeth. <laughs> no. <laughs> he talked to him face to face tonight. Oh. Okay. Max Caster. All right. All After right. the promo tonight, I've known you since you're 18 years old. And I've they, never liked they, you. Yeah, well, they worked together. And I think it was, was it Creative Pro Wrestling? Is that yes. where they're trained? Yeah. Yeah. They worked together there. Obviously, Max has, has this obsession with him for the last six months on Twitter, maybe even longer. Um, they've come on screen the last month with it. About the same time we've seen the random devil. Mm-hmm. We all thought it was Adam Cole faking the ankle injury. Okay. If he little legit had two surgeries, he's out for a while. I literally think it could be Max Caster. And that, and that could be the farthest 
reach in the universe, but it could actually work if it was him. It could. Now, I've seen other people talk this, and this was one of my other original thought processes as well on who's in there. Jack Perry. Because remember, they had that promo where MJF told him the way he is, he's never going to make it in this business. And he needed to toughen up and he basically needed to turn heel and kick ass. Here could be a way that you reintroduce him as even a darker heel than when he looked at the camera and said, yeah, it's real glass. What about it? Um, yes, but I don't see Jack Perry coming in in a stable with MJF. No, no. I think it's to, it's going to look, in my opinion, it's going to look like this devil is all in favor of MJF. And then it's going to be like a low blow to MJF. And um, it's going to be somebody who's out to get revenge on him. And that was the whole goal of this. It could, but I was, I, I stand corrected. It was, yeah, it's real gra- class, Crimea River. <laughs> Majin helping me out there. There you go. All right. Have we, have we gone through the whole dynamite yet? No, we haven't. Um, we, we've barely made it through the, the first 20 minutes. We got distracted by the Wardlow thing. And then we were talking about the multiple different MJF storylines. We spent more time on MJF than MJF has been on TV on dynamite right now. You know, real quick, my overview, there were some really good parts of this, uh, Mm -hmm. episode tonight. But there were some parts that literally you and I could hit the fast forward button on. So, uh, I'll tell you mine coming up in a little bit. Oh, wait. We're here. RVD and Hook versus John Silver and Alex yeah. Reynolds. <laughs> okay. That's one of them. <laughs> I'm not a big RVD fan. You know, fantastic wrestler. Fine. I just. He does a lot of the same stuff everybody else does. He just has a ponytail and a different look. I know I mean, I'm going to get a lot of hate for that. The best thing about RVD is his entrance with that music. Um, yes. Just because it relates to ECW. They're in Philadelphia tonight. So that's why he was there. Let's be honest. Yep. Yep. Probably there to sell some ticket, a couple extra tickets. Um, to say they're back in the you know the ECW land. I saw a lot of ECW shirts and, and hoodies in the in the crowd night, which is great. I was a huge ECW fan. Um, so I get why they brought him back. Um, to put him against Dark Order makes sense. You know, makes Hook look good. Um, but yeah. If you believe it or not, him and Chris Jericho are the same age. They're both 52 years old. Okay. Yeah, and look at the difference in them. 
in 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 not that I'm not saying that Chris Jericho hasn't lost a step, but I I would think Chris Jericho is way more nimble in the ring than RVD is. I, I just the way their body is broken down and, and and whatnot, and you know they both have the same amount of miles on their body as as each does. So being 50 years old, they both got in the business about the same time. So. Uh, yep. You know, hey, you brought RVD in to, to get a little bit of a cheap pop and probably sell a couple extra tickets. You know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. It worked. And, uh, you know, I kind of feel bad for Uno who got his ankle kind of wrapped up in that chair when he wasn't even trying to. Uh, but uh, it was it was the Van Daminator. Yeah. The way it felt. Majin so. says, plus RVD did more of the hardcore stuff for longer than Jericho did. Very true. He says, uh, causes the body to break faster. Yes, very, very true, Majin. Very true. So, um, but yeah, to take us home, we hit a five-star frog splash on silver, and then hook locks in red rum, silver taps, like, instantly. Then we go backstage to Tony Storm, and then we go to a commercial break. Did Fast you catch forward. who? Uh, yeah, guess who her butler is. I saw he came out later. I didn't. I think you could look at him. Luther. No. Yes. Her butler. He just doesn't have the weird crap on his forehead anymore. Well, yeah, it hey, is look, Butler Luther. Let's let's be honest. That's the only way he's going to stay in AEW. So, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, back from commercial break. Tony Schiavone's in the ring, and it's time for Sting's gift. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Woo, dude, dude! Does that it, count as a gift? I think I sent you guys this on Sunday or Monday. Shitstain made a comment about the only way for Sting to go out is to have Ric Flair as his opponent. Mm-hmm. Because Rick says he can do one more match. Yeah. We all we make fun of the guy because he's he's legit put a shit stain on the business. Okay. He's an idiot. Um, he's a jackass. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of all these things I can say that not get us an explicit rating ball. Do you want but me to when, do it? When they introduced him tonight, I immediately went, "Son of a buck, he might be right." Yeah. And here comes Ric Flair. In all of his glory, his fancy suit, his gold chains. And I mean, don't get me wrong, he's Ric Flair. We'll we'll bow down to him forever till he dies. And we know and why we'll he's pour in one out for him. We 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 know why he's in AEW because hey, his son in law's there, he's very close with his son in law Andrade, and he's got an end. 
But to see Ric Flair come down an AEW ramp and get in the ring, kind of a big deal. Um, and you have the reunion with him and Sting. It's awesome. Uh, with, with Tony Schiavone, who needs to get clothes that fit him better. He hasn't he bought clothes since he said for the first time 35 years ago, it's Sting! You know what, though? The jacket's too big. The pants are too big. Come on. Tony, you're a pro. So anyway, He's anyways. comfortable. All right? He's you comfortable. Then he had the reunion of Sting. Sting puts him over a little bit. Whatever. And then music hits, and then all right, Paul, you can go back to the now. Uh sure. I I was going to say though, when Flair did get down there, uh notice he did say, I'd like to be a part of it if you'll have me. Sting says yes, but he never said as his opponent. So maybe he's just gonna be in his corner. Well, he made a comment, I'm with you till the end. So we got how how many months do we have till uh Full gear. Uh, it's it's in March, right? Full gear is in November. No, not full gear. Sorry. What's revolution? What's revolution. Sorry. That's roughly six months, right? Four uh, months. It is in. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Got to move my window over here. Um, uh, I don't know. It doesn't say. It just says. Just I think it's, it's in March, though. Yeah, we'll go with yeah, that. Let's, I just, think it, let's just say it's in six months, five months, whatever. Yeah. If you have Ric Flair signed to a contract for the next five months, just to come out and cut promos, I feel that Ric Flair will get involved physically in those five months. Yeah. Majin says, I know it's an easy song to do, but props to Ruckus for doing all of that in only five hours before showtime. Yeah. Comment here says, uh, Flair is going to do Sting Dirty. Wait a minute. We're not going to mention who it's from. I thought the guy's supposed to be taking care of his wife. It's been half an hour. Oh. Go back to what you said at the beginning, Chip. <laughs> they're on. They're still in the honeymoon phase, Paul. Have you? You've been there. I've been there. Mm-hmm. Actually, I've been there twice. <laughs> so the the person who is not joining us, but who is uh, watching along with us and commenting, Mister Tanner Lee, wants to know any guesses as to where Revolution is going to take place. He's thinking Charlotte or Atlanta in tribute to Sting. Probably makes a lot of sense. Probably does. I agree with that. So I don't. I don't see. I don't see Flair turning on him, becoming the heel. Um, even though that's the way they portrayed their feud for thirty years, but I still think I see Flair getting involved. In a match physically at some point. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, give him you know four or five months to get 
back into a little bit better shape to take on Sting. There you go. But that is how, how do you have how do you advertise for six days this great gift coming from Tony Khan, the great Tony Khan, the great Tony Khan up on a pedestal? Never happened to a wrestler in pro wrestling history. And then Tony Khan doesn't get off his ass and come out to the ring. Yes. Dumb as shit. Majin says if Flair turns on Sting, it'll have to have, or it'll be to have Andrade as one of his opponents. All right. Yeah, I could see that. Mm-hmm. I could too. So now I'm going to go back here to a comment that uh, Majin made earlier as we move on. And that is uh, that Christian saved this segment because uh, we're at the point where Christian comes out, um, interrupts and says, Khan is a billionaire and this is the gift he gets. He gave him a suit, gold chains and a black liver. He says it's impressive that he doesn't look like Weekend at Bernie's. He can't even see the puppet strings. Cage says he knows Flair isn't dead, and he knows there isn't a god, because if there was, Flair would be dead 20 years ago. He says the situation won't go away unless he makes it. He knows Sting wants to make it to AEW Revolution. It's a beautiful picture, but he sees it differently. He wants him gone right now. He suggests Sting and Allen get a partner, and at full gear, it won't be a celebration. It'll be more like a funeral. Sting accepts it after saying he's allergic to jackasses. <laughs> Christian was really good here. I thought the facial uh, recognition was um, really good too by Nick Wayne. Mm-hmm. Uh, he reacted really good to the crowd. Dino douche was Dino douche. Still not. <laughs> I'm still not a fan of him, but whatever. Yeah. Um. I like that. Hey, you find a third person because Flair is not going to be your partner. Um, you find a third, per- third person to, to do this, um, and we're going to go. So, you know, later on the show, they meet up with – We'll Ed. get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. I know, but it's <laughs> Adam Copeland. It, it, they, made, they meet up with Adam Copeland, and I'll let you read that. You know, you got the read, Paul, so. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> Uh, Ashley says her guess is this is going to take place in Atlanta. And uh, Majin says, as I tweeted earlier, it's like Christian and Swerve were competing for biggest menace to society tonight. Which we'll get to that here in just a little bit. I kind of agree with both statements right there. (laughs) Yeah. By both of them. (laughs) Yes. Up next, um, Hardy Party. I don't know. What do they call themselves? The Hardys and Brothers A. Yeah. Take on the elite. Um, this match went a little bit different than I expected it to. I knew the elite was going to win this, but Brother Zay kind of impressed me tonight. I'll give him that much. Although I could do without the high pitched squeals he lets out every time he gets thrown into the air. I felt like the Hardys were trying to be the heel. Mm hmm. Um, 
Matt looked really, a little lost a couple times in this match. Yeah, they're, they're not really the heel when they walk around on their entrance and go around the high five and high five the fans. I I don't know. A little bit of a fast forward for me here tonight. Uh, I agree. I agree. Uh, I actually rewound it because Brother Zay did that whole, can I get a whole yeah? And that drives my oldest nuts. So I rewound it and said, hey, come here real quick. <laughs> oh, there um, you go. Majin says, just once I want to see Willow the Wisp in AEW. I agree with that. That'd be fun. Yeah. So up next. Better uh, than what we got right now, man. Yes. Up next is Swerve shot at being the biggest menace to society tonight as the video package is shown of Swerve and Prince Nana entering Hangman's house. He rips some of the children's drawings and then he goes into Paige's child's bedroom with Nana telling him he doesn't like the idea. Paige says, or Swerve says Paige owes him a debt, so he questions if Hangman Jr. will pay him that debt. He leaves the baby a t-shirt as a reminder that they'll always be indebted to him. This one, man. Whew. You know, has the, there's, there's been very few feuds where uh, the heel has gone into the face's house. You know, we yeah. could probably talk, we could probably put them on one hand. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and not that I would want Hangman's wife and kid to be put on camera here. Um, right. But it it kind of took away from the uh, the aspect of them coming into the house. And, and not that, man, it's, it's kind of a fine line. You, you know, Hangman's got a young child you know, a couple years old or whatever. Right. You don't want to put them on camera probably. No. But that take if you don't put them on camera, it takes away from the aspect. So it's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't thing. Yeah. Did I think the segment was pretty good? Yeah, I got the point across. Okay. But if you want to get sensitive here, you want to get really down deep, you want to get some true uh some true blood and dirt into this feud. Maybe you have Hangman's wife make a cameo here. You know. Yeah. It was good, yeah. but it could have been better. Let's put it that way. Right. I agree. I agree. Uh Tanner asked how many matches Jeff Hardy's won since he's returned. Uh his total record in AEW is 15 wins. So I'm betting not too many. Do you think Swerve swerved when he drove to Sw Hangman's house? Did you go watch the music video, Shep? Uh, no, but <laughs> that's dumb. That that was a question, and it was even dumber that you danced. Well, of course I'm going to dance. Tanner says Swerve for world champion in 2024. It's not wrong dumb Majin says we've seen Rebby in almost the entirety of Matt's family with his broken universe very true so there That's is true. proof that it can be done yeah 
They just chose not to do it. Up next is the Women's World Championship match, Akira Shida versus Ruby Soho. Um, you see this? Yes, I do see that. You fast-forwarded right oh. through this. Oh, did you see my invisible remote? You saw me hit the fast-forward button. Yes, winner and still AEW Women's Champion, Akira <laughs> Shida. Uh, I did like the fact that uh, Ruby pulled the turnbuckle off to distract the ref, tossed the spray paint to Sheeta, went and got the world championship, and then Sheeta accidentally sprays the championship. And Ref Aubrey saw that, but yet did nothing about it. They both clearly have weapons. You screw it. We're going to let the finish happen anyway. Yeah. Post-match, right. Tony Storm and her butler, Luther, appear staring down the champion. This is so weird to me because you got Tony in black and white, then you go to Sheeta in color and back and forth. And we know once the match starts, it goes to color anyway. I know what they're trying to do here, but uh, I don't know. Yeah. Next. It, it, if I could say one thing, and yeah, I know, we, I, know I am, you are, Tanner. We're pro AEW, right? Let's get that straight. Mm-hmm. And there's 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 two other mainstream companies out there competing. We can agree upon that, right? Yes. We're, okay. AEW's women division is third right now. Mm. Yeah, I mean, am I gonna get a, Am I gonna get any debate? I, I I think I'm on point on that. Uh, no, between the three big companies, it is the worst. It is honestly, it's one of the worst in professional wrestling. I'll even say that we don't get them showcased enough, and we focus on six women: Statlander. Sheeta, both members of the Outcast, Willow, Sky Blue, Julia Hart. Now, there's potential to be really, really good. Don't get me wrong. Oh, and Tony Storm. Yeah. No, I, th- I figured you would say Outcast, but uh, she's not Outcast. Oh, I said first. No. It just, it. They lack so much right now. I think they have a ton of talent in there. You know, we haven't seen Britt Baker for a while. We haven't seen uh, Thunder Rosa's due to come back any minute. Um, yes. So we have we have some opportunities there, but it's definitely a back burner, back burner to Tony Khan. So. Yeah. Yes. Anytime we get a women's match uh, from Dynamite, I'm fast forwarding the shit out of it. So uh, there's a comment I'll show here in a minute that made me remember there's a segment I forgot. And that's when uh, Renee sat down with Chris Jericho. Jericho says he's always reflecting and he's always had immense self confidence in knowing he could beat anybody. He didn't see it coming against Hobbs. Does he still have what it takes to beat Hobbs? Is it time to step back or is it time to get stronger and know that he's Chris F and Jericho? 
Is it time to get revenge? Don Callis has a lot of friends, but Jericho has a lot of friends too. And some are even bigger than Hobbs. Maybe it's time to give them a call, which led to this message from Tanner, which is who's going to be Jericho's buddy that is bigger than Hobbs. Captain Insano would make sense to reunite Jericho. And then of course, I don't even want to show this one. Goldberg. No. Majin's right there with us. He's like, Tanner, I swear to God. <laughs> if Bill Goldberg shows up, I quit this podcast. Look, I already, it's funny. I told my dad today, I looked at him and said, if we get to Dynamite tonight and Flair is Sting's gift and is Sting's final opponent, I'm not doing the podcast before Revolution and I'm not doing the podcast after revolution because i don't even want to talk about that match i don't even want to predict that match so tanner you may be on your um own here soon <laughs> and uh back to the women's division majin says so tony just gets another shot after not even wrestling in a couple weeks aw is making me want to go back to the rankings he says and to go back to my rant from last week let the division be in charge from those who actually care. And then Tanner decided to combine your two favorite people, Big Bill and Goldberg. Go to bed, to Tanner. His- go to, hey, Tanner, go to bed. Quit quit typing, quit texting, quit tweeting, quit Xing, whatever the hell you call it nowadays. Go to bed. I'm sick of you. Yeah, I mean, come on, Tanner. We're 46 minutes into this, and we're not explicit yet. Don't make the man make it explicit. I'm trying to be nice. I'm trying to be nice. And uh, then, because we had alluded to it earlier, I skipped over the segment with Adam Copeland telling Renee he still doesn't know or doesn't want to fight Christian. Darby Allen turns up, says that it's not the world we're living in. It's kill or be killed here. Sting then says he can't believe we are having this conversation and Copeland needs to take his blinders off. He learned how to see through guys like Christian and he tells Copeland to open his eyes. Majin reminding us that Tanner's out here trolling. Tanner's about to get banned from the the comments. I thought it was a pretty good backstage segment. I thought we got a little... uh... We got a little fire out of Sting, which I liked. Mm-hmm. He raised his voice a little bit, which was really yeah. good. I don't understand this. I don't understand the angle of uh, Adam Copeland saying he doesn't want to fight uh, Christian. I, I I I know it's going to end up them one on one, but. Right now, it, it's, it kind of muddies the water a little bit. Yes, it does. Tanner, Tanner yes, said down there chirping. Yeah, he's, he's telling us, letting everybody know that the predictions champion is here in the comments. Majin's trying to get Tanner to behave because you're trying to be nice, just like Christian refraining from talking about someone's dead dad. <laughs> That's true. 
I haven't talked about how I'm going to try to hook up with Nick Wayne's mom, but it's later on the show. <laughs> yeah, we we still got about 12 minutes before you can do that. Uh, Tanner does say something we we both agree with, which is they better not have Adam and Christian touch until about Revolution. Let's, let's have some storyline build. 100% okay with that. So do we do three on three? Christian, Nick Wayne, Dino Douche versus Sting, Darby, Adam with Ric Flair in their corner at Revolution. That's what it's, it should be. And no way in hell should it be Ric Flair on the on <laughs> on the third, and he he should be the uh, manager, advocate, valet, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so we need Adam to Adam Copeland to do that instead. So yeah, only yeah. way that'll work. Majin Majin says Adam will probably join them for the pape, but they might not touch immediately. Uh, let's keep and, it and if it's not Adam Copeland, it's going to be a draw day. Just, just because of the relationship there. Yeah. I could see Andrade. Um, Majin says, you know, Adam is joining him at full gear, though, isn't he? Uh, I hope not. That's probably the way TK will go, but this would be the perfect point to drop Andrade in it. Yeah, I could see that. It says, do the three-on-three -three tag at full gear, leave Flair out of it. But then they're going to touch before Revolution, Tanner, so make up your mind here. Do you want it at full gear? Do you want it at Revolution? You can't have it both ways here. Jeez, just because you're the champion, you think you freaking run everything. Well, that's, that's Tanner for you. Yeah. Main event time, Shep. Main event time. Finally, we're finally at the main event. Brian Danielson and Claudio Cattoli versus Okada and Orange Cassidy. This was a couple of minutes of run over. Uh, Claudio and Danielson pick up the victory post-match. Danielson sells an injury that led to all of the BCC members appearing as they end up staring down all the opponents. I thought it was a good match. Um, Love that Okada was there making his Dynamite debut. Um, if I could... Okay. Huh? Hasn't he been on Dynamite at least once already? No, no. No, he was on... Uh, not in ring? Not... Yeah, he was not on Dynamite. Hmm. Um, too many AEW product right now. I can't keep it straight. Some days, if 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 I could be negative here one bit, Go I right thought he looked like shit tonight. Did not like how he portrayed himself. Did not like. I I thought the Orange Cassidy um, gimmick, where he does the soft kicks and the. You know the the nonchalant. I thought that was happened too much tonight. Um, mm -hmm. 
you know, Orange Cassidy at first when we started the, when 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 I joined this podcast uh, a year and a half ago, I was really hard on him, and then the international title run made me really high on him. Now watching him tonight, I, I didn't like that. I thought they could use him more, um, but we still had him in Okada in a, in a corner, which that's, that's pretty badass on free television. You know what I mean? Yep. Tanner trying to get us to get that explicit rating, asking what that ending was. Did Danielson get shoot rocked? I don't know. According to commentary, he did. So, well, I mean, not directly. They said something about yeah. taking two consecutive punches or something. Yeah, uh, Majin says, come on now. Cassidy has the best elbow drop in the biz. I mean, that flip he does, man, that's amazing. Well, did you see it tonight? He fell off the top rope and just, like, fell. No. That's what he does. I know, but I don't like it. You, you, don't, you, I, don't, you don't do that when you have Okada and Danielson in, in your ring. No, no. Um I think we're starting to see a shift in Cassidy, though. And I think we're going to get that aggressive side that you've wanted for a long time. Um, you, you Since you've been on here, you've often made the comment about, you know, if he was a little more aggressive and not so just slow moving, it's a bad gimmick, I yeah. think. I think if we get that aggression, because you saw, you know, when Claudio was in the ring, he went to do the light and then he stopped and just started just drilling those kicks in. I want to see the aggression side of Cassidy. I don't want to see him heal fully. I want to see him kind of a tweener, give him those heelish tendencies, maybe start pulling him out of this King of Sloth style and more into a brawler. I don't know if you could ever turn him into a full-blown uh, badass heel just because the crowd loves him that much. Yeah. So Tanner says he thought Claudio was a beast tonight in the main event. Doesn't see him beating Orange next week, though. He still thinks Mox gets his title back eventually. Majin says the aggressive side only comes out when he gets serious. Certain people like Pac bring it out. Pack, pock, whatever you, whatever proper pronunciation is. I'm not proper here. Eh, no worries. <laughs> so uh, that was dynamite, Shep. So I guess that would lead me to ask you. Uh, I've got Tanner's rating and wrestler of the night. You want to start with Tanner's rating or yours? Uh, let's go with Tanner's. I, I have mine in mind, but I want to hear Tanner. Well, I don't have a full explanation, so if you're still watching, Tanner, feel free to plop it into the comments there since you're running your mouth in the comments already. Uh, 8.7. Holy shit. Tanner, Tanner was high tonight at an 8.7. Holy shit. Yep. Absolutely. Uh -huh. You got four minutes, and we'll allow you to go explicit. Um. I'm not even even close to that. 
Um, Which tells me I'm going to end up between you two. Thanks. 8.7 is like the Mount, like Mount Rushmore. Like that's a, that's a badass review. Um, I thought it was a good show, but not even close to a badass show. So um, I'm seven, two. Almost, right. almost, almost thought about going below seven, but yeah, I'm going seven two because we saw Okada on television today. Majin asked, "Don't I usually end up between them?" Yeah, it seems that no matter what order we go in, I always end up coming in between these two, which is again tonight because I'm at a seven seven, so not You're- not quite to the eights, but uh, pretty close. Tanner must have been drinking all day on the golf course or something to go eight seven. Or he meant seven seven and he just doesn't know how to type because it's Tanner. <laughs> Maybe he's got fat thumbs like me. Yeah. Fat yeah. thumbs. But I type text. I type L O L and it comes out L L L. So, you know. Uh, uh wrestler of the night, Shep. Hmm. Uh, wrestler of the night. That's a good While one. you're thinking on that, uh, here's Tanner's reasoning. My only complaint is the women's division, but it's a lost cause at this point. I thought the matches were good and the storytelling was great. And he's sticking 8.7. Well, he's also a Broncos fan, too. So. Well, I think that's because he's... Yeah, never mind. Um... Are you going by my rest of the night, right? Yes. Um, I'm going to go MJF. Just because. You're right there with Majin. Okay. His in-ring work was okay tonight, but I thought he shined with his backstage vignette afterwards. Okay. Yep. Uh, yeah, which was with Samoa Joe, and Samoa Joe said that uh, he'd be his friend. And after he said, sounds good to me, he goes, eh, on one condition, I get a shot at your title. Yeah, little protection. No no worries. Yeah. No shoving into the wall or anything, so we're good there. Uh, Tanner went with uh, Claudio. So that's his wrestler of the night. He also says he loves all the directions they could go with MJF. It's unique and creates great possibilities for stories and matches. So he missed our whole 25-minute segment <laughs> on MJF to start the show off with. It's only like where six we said that. Yeah, yeah, well. Yeah, see, everyone is gunning for MJF. We already talked about that, Tanner, like 45 minutes ago. You're a little slow here. Um. My wrestler of the night. Man, I got to think of this. And while I do, let's see what Majin has to say here. He says, to go back to the stuff with Caster, you know what you've won me over with him being in the mask. Maybe he could do something kind of Trish Mickey-ish where MJF is shunning him and made him do it. Yep. So he agrees. Mask could be under the the mask. I like it. I mean, it's yeah. far-fetched. It's out in left field. It's way out in left field, like out of the park. Right, yeah. All right. Um, well, I was going to go MJF for his 
in ring and backstage segments tonight. Um, but let's see here. I'm not, man, this is rough. You got the good one. And then, you know, Tanner's got Claudio. Um, I'm going to go sting. I mean, for his the, the, promo the guy, to start it off. The other guy I thought would would be close would be Juice Robinson. I thought Juice yeah, great. I thought yeah, I thought it was great tonight. Juice did do good work tonight, um, but I think my favorite part of Sting's whole thing tonight was oh, and now Tony wants the mic back, so here you go. Just yeah. like stops him because. Shivani's got TK in his ear going, hey, tell him I said this real quick. And so he's like trying to get it out before he forgets. Um, Maja says uh, the juice was indeed loose tonight. He was. Danner still thinks it's Adam Cole in the mask. Which I kind of did when we started this, but then, you know, I've got my other kind of left field prediction in Jack Perry, but I like that Max Caster idea. That that might grow on me, Shep. That might grow on me. Well, so, it, sh- it should. Shep, Shep don't mess around. So, Yeah. Uh, Majin says, is it that far out of left field with how creepy and sexual Caster has been towards MJF? Yeah, because I feel like the devil mask, he's protecting Mac or protecting him, Jeff. So I feel like you can tie that in there really, really good. Yes. Yes. All right. So we want to do that other thing that we do uh, on Wednesday nights. What are you talking about? So what do you guys want to talk about? What do you want to talk about, Chef? I can be honest with you, I did not watch Cody Rhodes this week. Well, hold on. <laughs> I did watch him get his ankle smashed um, and then come out towards the main event and try to try to work it better. But yeah, that's about all I got this week. Okay. Um, so Majin's got this to say to you, Shep. Don't mess around unless it's with Nick Wayne's mom. <laughs> she uh, <laughs> she's she's coming over for dinner the other tomorrow night. Me and uh-huh. me and Nick Wayne's mom were we're on the same level, bro. Tanner wants to know if it's a mistake to put MJF and Kenny on TV instead of pay per view. No. No. You you uh, you need some television right now to boost your ticket sales. Obviously, you 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 need this match now. Yes, you need you need this match to be ten to fifteen minutes, and if it was on a pay per view, it should go thirty to forty five. So, give give us a short and sweet match. Um, MGF's going over for sure. Um, 
you know, yeah, yeah, give us a good 15 minutes here. Um, Tanner says we didn't miss much. Uh, same crap with the Judgment Day glorified house show in Saudi, blah, blah, blah. Well, Tanner, tell your cousin or great uncle or second uncle or whatever Mr. Levesque is to get his sh- shit together. Well, that's that's Tanner's third great cousin. Majin says, at the end of the day, Collision needs viewers. You can revisit it and heat it up for a pay-per-view. Speaking of pay-per-views, I've got to ask, are they already running too many in a short time? No. Mm, No? No. No. I don't mind them. I mean, we're used to, we grew up with one a month from Vinny and the boys, so... Yeah, that, that's terrible. Don't make fun of me. Oh, wait. I was waiting for Tanner to say, that's good shit. <laughs> Forgot he's is. not here and can't say it. It is good so. shit, but, yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think... I think they waited long enough to ramp up to a possible 12 pay-per-view schedule. Uh, we didn't get this right out of the gate. They didn't come in and say, hey, here we are. Let's go. Um, you know, eight pay-per-views uh, is what Tanner is reminding me they are up to with the addition of World's End December 30th. So it's not bad still. Yeah, it, it'll, it'll work. If we get a little storytelling, that's all I want. I want some storytelling from now. Till the end of the year with the world's end pay-per-view coming on uh, December 30th. Just give me some storytelling, man. We can build up to it. We can sell tickets. We can sell pay-per-view seats. And and mm-hmm. everybody's good. So, Yep. Uh, Majin says we've had those within a few weeks. Now we've got one next month, then one at the end of the year. I knew we'd get more, but man. And uh, Tanner says, I could see WWE going back to a more traditional style pay-per-view model now that they are owned by Endeavor, as we've seen with UFC. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Dana White came out. I thought he had some interesting comments today. Dana White came out and said Vince McMahon uh, in the previous years tried to – not play explicit. Him. Yep. No. No. I'm trying to be nice, Paul. No. 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 I was censoring you there. Just oh. saying explicit. Yeah. Um, and then he said, "Once now we're business partners in Endeavor. Vincent Man's a, a badass. Like he is the goat. Um. So big, big uh, swing by Dana White. You know, big old 180, 180 degree swing." Saying like this guy is the goat, he goes for you know, goes for broke. So thought it was thought it was kind of funny. Now, see, I have not heard Majin's next comment here, so I don't know if you've heard this yet. Maybe Tanner has. I stay away from the dirt sheets and things like this. So uh Majin says, especially since Endeavor is questioning whether the merger was the right move. I had not heard that. Um 
Yeah, I think I think it's a great move. You have the number one professional wrestling company in the world with their footprint in the United States and Europe, uh, Saudi Arabia with Crown Jewel. Like, I, I mean, come on, let's be honest. It's it's the number one company in the world, so you got to do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, probably the comment of the night here going to Tanner. Uncle Vinny still looks like Gomez Adams. <laughs> yeah. Quit making fun of Tanner's uncle, okay? Tanner's making fun of Tanner's uncle, not me. Well, uh, Majin says apparently higher... <laughs> Majin says apparently higher ups in Endeavor are shocked by how their stocks are doing and such, so they're expected to be making more budget cuts and that soon, from what he's heard. A lot of, uh, the dirt sheet said a lot of talent that are due next year have not even been approached by extension. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see you. Uh, we'll see who gets on the market. Yes, yes. So, Shep, we didn't catch Raw. We didn't miss much, it doesn't sound like. We haven't really gone down any rabbit holes yet tonight. Any of you want to go down? Um, I mean, we're only an hour nine into this. We've clearly got to go a little bit longer. Well, we're hour nine into it, but we already had a 30-minute quiz, which... <laughs> Okay, that 30-minute quiz turned into more like a 45-minute quiz. It was a very um, hectic beginning to everything. I would say the big breaking news that we did not uh, talk about on KOP because we're AEW and we don't want to talk about uh, WWE because they suck sometimes, but how about Impact dropping the name and going back to the original TNA, total nonstop action. Oh, you mean it doesn't mean tits and ass? Jesus, Paul. <laughs> are you trying? I mean, are you trying to set me up here or what? Well, we know that's why they kind of went with that name. Yeah. No. So it's now, got nothing you know, to do with Mike Tanay. It was yeah. to be confused yeah. with. TNA. No, they, they said the only difference is they're going to use a normal ring because yeah. they thought the six-sided ring was um, a little bit uh, harsh on the performer. So they're um, oh, what do I want to say? They're, uh, they're it's aesthetically pleasing, but it was a yeah. pain in the ass. Yeah, there you go. They will make sure the guys are okay. That's their first yeah. uh, first thing. So, yeah, no, no more six sided ring. Which okay, but you want to bring it back TNA? I like TNA. Yeah, I'd like I'd like to see the six sided ring. Uh, maybe for a couple big pay per views or something, just as nostalgia. But I hope we get the original X division back. Some of those I X Division matches were nuts. Yes. 
They were. Not. I, I want to see them climb across the ropes and get the X or get the belt or something. But I just I want to see that X division. I want to see AJ Styles taking a drop kick while he's hanging from the freaking rope or whatever it was, and just bam. Yeah, I'm right with you. Tanner, do you want to slap him or do you want me to slap him, Shep? Tanner says, Phil Brooks has entered the impact zone. He's your friend. He's your friend, Paul. (laughs) He's your friend, too. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I I think we'll see Phil Brooks in the impact zone. No. Now, now if it's – I would say in the next six months – It'll, it'll be a while, but, yeah, we'll see him there. No. And the only reason I'm saying that is it's all he's got left. It's all he's got left. Indies. No. No. He, NWA. No. 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 NWA. Fucking Billy Corgan. There he's, it is. <laughs> Damn Ah. <it>. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, impact will be the only thing that will give him the freedom to do what he wants to do. And I'm talking about Phil Brooks. So uh, Tanner is apparently doing some type of research while he's watching this. So he's probably got us on his laptop and searching things up on his phone like normal. Uh, he says Pepsi Phil was making around 5 million in AEW and top talent in TNA make about 250 K. <sighs> Billy Boy on the CW from Tanner, because you know we know how much you love Billy. Yeah, uh, Billy's a dumb shit. Um, man, five man to two hundred fifty k—that's a big deal. It is. It is. Yeah, that that'd be like um, that's terrible. a lot. Yeah, I was trying to think of another way to put it, but it, there's no other way to really have to put it. That's a big drop. Man, you you guys can look this up because it, of his injury. How many total years did he be he spend in AEW? Phil Brooks, that is. <laughs> uh, we'll let Tanner look that one up because I'm guessing like a year. I was going to say two years, but. Uh, Tanner Lee says Al Snow and OVW. I really hope he's not referring to Pepsi Phil going to OVW because that would be terrible. I mean, OVW is like literally the AW stomping ground, so but there is a working relationship being built there between OVW and AEW, as there is. we saw Hollywood Haley J, uh, on. What, collision Saturday? Yep. While OVW is running a pay-per-view at the same time, so that's always a plus. There you go. <laughs> All right, Shep. It's been wonderful. It's been a fantastic show. It's well, been it's a been a great day. show since Tanner's not here. Oh, I, Yeah, we haven't had to hear him. Just read the bullshit he's putting in the comments. <laughs> All right. We're going to get so much crap for this next week. I hope you're prepared for it. 
Uh, be sure to like the kicking out podcast on all forms of social media at kicking out pod. Be sure to check out the uh, kicking out podcast merchandise shop at kicking out shop.com. We got some new shirts in there. Have yes, you seen did. yours yet? Ship? I did make it a double uh-huh. baby. Make it a double. <laughs> I'm just here to be wrong. Um, Real quick, Tanner Lee says Punk was contracted in AEW from August of 21 through September of 23, but of course he missed a lot of time in between for various reasons. So, all right, be sure to (laughs) check out kickingoutshop.com. Got some new t-shirts up there. Got some new hoodies up there. Uh, You can wear Shep's favorite saying or even my favorite saying. So go check it out at kickingoutshop.com. It's your place to go for all of your KOP merchandise. Look good while you support a great podcast. I totally flipped that, but we're running with it tonight. Be sure to follow the Kicking Out Podcast on all social media at Kicking Out Pod. Listen to the Kicking Out Podcast wherever it is you listen to your podcast. And if that happens to be Apple Podcasts, what do we do, Shep? Five stars. Because we are five-star KOP. We are (laughs) five-star. Like, share, comment, all that good stuff. Let everybody know about the Kicking Out Podcast. Be sure to follow the guy who keeps commenting on things that we're going to ignore all of next week at TannerLee92 on all forms of social media. Follow Austin Shepard at TheShep27. And follow myself at Paul Zartman. Nine two one. I gotta hit the right button. So be sure to join us again next week as we kick out yet another podcast.